Before we introduce today's podcast, we have some news that we want to share. Matt? Well, Amy, this is clearly bittersweet, but this is my final episode co-hosting NASIO Voices with you. Um, I am leaving NASIO for a new opportunity at the end of the year, which means you all are actually listening to this after my departure, Uh, (laughs) sort of a ghost of Christmas past type thing. But as I've said so many times throughout the past two years, this podcast is certainly your brainchild, Amy. (laughs) And I am really, really so honored to be able to serve as your sidekick and and co-host on on this podcast. When you asked me if if I would work with you on the podcast, I reluctantly agreed, frankly, because I had no idea what this thing was going to entail. Mm -hmm. But I've obviously enjoyed it immensely. And we, we've talked about this offline, but working with you on NASIO Voices has been the most enjoyable aspect of, of my job and ha- has kept me sane during some of the most trying times over the pandemic. And uh, I'll stop there before I get emotional, but I, I do <laughs> just want to thank thank you all. Thank you and, and thank you all, uh, our listeners, uh, especially the loyal ones. <laughs> a special shout out to to my mom and, and Amy, your wonderful husband, Will. Uh <laughs> Whatever you do, take care of your shoes. And yeah, it's it's hard to believe that we've done 63 of these. Yeah. This will be the 63rd episode. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel the same way. And obviously, Nasio Voices won't be the same without you. And I may have had the idea, but we created this thing together and made it into the format that it is today. And just want to say thank you for agreeing to this crazy idea over two years ago. It's definitely been the highlight of my job as well since we started it. And I'm obviously really going to miss working with you. And for our listeners, rest assured that Nasio Voices will go on, even if you hear some different voices while we decide on a new co-host. But uh, we'll miss I, you. I thank you, Amy. I have, I do have some ideas for how to choose your new co-host, but I think the <laughs> the creators or survivor may sue you for copyright infringement. <laughs> uh, and, and I'll obviously continue to listen to the podcast, and you know, I'll be keeping in touch. But excellent. Uh, all right, enough out of me. Let's get to today's show. Hi, and welcome to NASIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Matt Pincus here in Washington, D.C. Today is our third annual NASIO Top 10 episode with Eric Sweden, who's returning to the podcast for the fourth time. We'll find out what's top of mind for state CIOs and what policy and technology priorities are moving up the list and what's moving down. Eric, welcome back to Nasio Voices, and thanks so much for joining us. I'm glad to be here, and particularly with you two. And uh, you know how much I love this this radio show. I call it the radio show. Glad <laughs> yes. to be here. We, we love having you, Eric. So we've done this Top 10 episode twice before, but remind some of our newer listeners what the Nasio Top 10 lists are and why we do them. Very good. So the Top 10 is one of the most downloaded reports we've ever had. Uh, The top 10 is an innovation started by Doug Robinson back in 2006 as a way to gauge what the state CIOs considered or are considering their highest priority challenges for the coming year. And that information provides a line of sight direction, support, justification for anything we work on So we use it to inform our work plan. It informs the marketplace, our corporate partners. So everyone is pulling in the same direction. And in 2008, 
Uh, Doug added the technology top 10 to the ballot. We do this ballot and we give the CIO so many things to choose from. But uh, he started the top 10 ballot for technology for the very same reasons. And the first year of this technology priority list was that uh, following year 2009. And we've been sort of a steward of this process for the past, gee, 14, 15 years. It's interesting to see the trends over time. Yeah. And Eric, before we started recording, you were you were telling Amy and I how the top 10 list really drives so much of what we do. Can you explain that a little bit better? Yeah, we develop our work plan based on in our committee work based on that line of sight direction that we're hearing through that top 10. So the top 10 tells us of all the things that we could be working on, Matt, these are the highest priorities. It doesn't mean other things aren't priorities, but these are top of list. The other thing that happens during the year is other things show up, (laughs) you know, so it's a guide. It doesn't absolutely lock us into things, but uh, it's a very important reference for us. I think someone told me expect the unexpected, like yeah. uh, a global pandemic or yeah. you know some of these issues that that crop up. All right, so let's talk about the annual top issue, the the reigning top dog, if you will, Eric. Uh, yeah, cybersecurity and risk management, which unsurprisingly is number one again, nine years uh, in a row. Yeah. that that is the top issue. So even with the changes in the world and the workplace over the last two years, it certainly remains top. Can't see it going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I wanted to ask you was, can you talk about not only cyber being the number one issue, but maybe uh, the different aspects that have changed since the last time we talked about this top 10 list? Well, as you stated, Matt, yeah, as you stated, this has been in the number one spot every year since 2014. It's always been on the list since Doug started this. Okay, so in 2007, it was number one. And that whole area of security, risk management, this has been a very challenging priority for state and territorial government. We're stewards of the citizens' data, information, privacy. And as a steward's this has been a high priority. So we continue to, to deal with a proliferation in attacks, the scope and sophistication of attacks, and we're outgunned. I think we talked about this last year as well. We're outgunned. You know, our state budgets are really behind what other industries have allocated for cybersecurity. From our NASIO 2020 cybersecurity survey, most states are allocating less than 3% of their total IT budget on cybersecurity. So funding is not currently at a level commensurate with the risk. Hmm. And this will remain a high priority. Continual breaches, uh, the latest vulnerability, you know, with Log4j and other things yep. that are, are showing up. Another aspect, Matt, may be contributing is the state and local cybersecurity grant program, which you talked about on December 16 with the CLC. There are a lot of unknowns. And so I think that also highlights, you know, what are we going to do with this funding? You know, so there's this emphasis, $1 billion over the next four years. We're going to be very busy trying to manage this funding as carefully as possible. Notwithstanding, 80% of this passes through state government, as you explained. Mm -hmm. So states are put into this administrative distribution role. They've not had. So they have to be able to fulfill that role. It will be interesting to see if we have some joining up of the states uh, on this, as you discussed. So the requirements of the grant program 
requires formal uh, cybersecurity plan governance. This has to be in place. And if it's not already in place, you know, there's going to be work to be done. So there are new and newer technologies either being reviewed or actually employed in cybersecurity, such as artificial intelligence, advanced cyber analytics. So the field of cybersecurity is rapidly evolving with new capabilities. And of course, our attackers are ramping up their capabilities. So this is a never-ending challenge for state government. And then we have to anticipate reporting audit of outcomes related to the funding that you discussed uh, on the CLC call. So we are very, uh, you know, anticipating a lot of work in this area. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, you know, talking about the the cyber grant program, which is you, you mentioned states are in charge of a significant amount of, of data and personal information, which, you know, previously, you know, a few years ago, like that was the main threat, right? You know, yeah. I don't want my data to be stolen, but now it's, you know, we can shut down our government networks, yeah. um, you know, and it's really that continuity of government issue where, where these threats have evolved. So good points, Eric. So... Tell us about some of the shifts and changes this year on the top 10 policy and priority list and your thoughts on those shifts. I'd like to start with broadband. It was number three for this Mm -hmm. year versus number nine in 2020, I believe. And so I'm interested to hear why you think that is. Um, Maybe that also has to do with some federal funding. Yeah, Doug and I always go through this list after we compile all the uh, ballots and we evaluate, you know, what changed and think about, well, why did that happen and what are we going to do about it? And we go back to our annual survey as well. We kind of bring the two together, the annual uh, state CIO survey, the biennial cybersecurity survey, you know, those three things kind of work together. So broadband moves up one position to number three. Broadband's moving up possibly due to, the, as you stated, federal funding available. Mm-hmm. A huge gap was exposed during the pandemic, and this became an issue for governors, so it's high priority for them, which becomes a high priority for the state CIO. And so this priority comes into play as a requirement as well to address digital citizen services. So citizens have to be able to ex- access these digital services. And uh, so broadband gives them that uh, accessibility. Uh, Identity and access management moves up from number eight. And now it's uh, number six for 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the 2021 annual state survey, we learned 83% of state CIOs responded that adoption and expansion of enterprise identity and access management solutions will receive more attention in the next next two to three years due to the impact of the pandemic. So states want to create this digital citizen experience, which requires identity management and most essential identity proofing. Mm-hmm. Uh, legacy modernizations back on the list. It was last on the list in 2020 when it was number seven. Now it's in at number five wow. as it was in 2016 and 2017. So it's moved up. Yeah. It moved up for, uh, to, from that position it held in uh, 2020 at number seven. So legacy modernization is critical to the top two priorities, I think. Cybersecurity, digital government also touches workforce. And then uh, here is uh, workforce moving up from number nine to number seven, jump two positions, a very necessary capability to address for CIO as broker. So new skills are required. Plus, we have a lot of folks with legacy skills able to retire from state government. That's a big concern. 
And then we see CRM went off the list. It's always, always interesting to see, well, what went off? Mm-hmm. It was number 10 in 2020. It's been on and off the list since 2015. 2015, it was number 10. It's been as high as number seven hmm. uh, back in 2019. But it's, it's sprinkled inside all of the other priorities like BRM. Sure. You know, it's sprinkled. Yeah. Customer relationship management, business relationship uh-huh. management. It's it's probably hovering there right at, right underneath the list, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's not on there, it's probably 11 or 12 most not of the time. Not far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if those are the changes that we saw on the list, the big changes, what's holding steady in the same or similar spots? You know, looking at the things that just are are not going away in the foreseeable future as, as we discuss cybersecurity for sure, okay? Digital mm-hmm. government cloud services. So, you know, I take the top 10 movement and try to line it up with what we've learned from the annual survey, annual state CI survey. Driving digital acceleration was the theme of this year's annual state CIO survey. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. Which of the following are statewide standards or best practices for agencies to follow in your state? 80% responded, 80% of our state CIOs responded, we provide support and governance for agencies migrating applications to the cloud. And then this question, Amy, what are your top three priorities driving your cloud strategy? 78% responded scalability and flexibility, 57% security. So a bit of a surprise here, though, is the movement of consolidation optimization, typically in the top three up through 2019, then still at number four in 2020, it moved to number seven in 2021 and now number 10 for 2022. This is the lowest ranking it has had since the top 10 was started, but it's still in the top 10. Mm-hmm. A couple of, of other observations. Possibly significant progress has been made moving it down in priority. You know, maybe that's why. And of course, the many things competing for the attention of the state CIO. Most things can't stay near the top indefinitely. Hmm. Because work's being done, projects are completed, capabilities are employed. So in our 2020 annual survey, further consolidation and centralization were described as big themes, which is consistent with prior surveys. And when asked what state CIOs are moving uh, to deliver services to agencies, 78% in that survey said they were consolidating infrastructure. So we may learn that now, two years later, significant progress was made. So in that same survey, centralization of IT project management oversight under the CIO organization was at 50%, responsibility for technology procurement at 50%. So things are moving, work's getting done. You know, people are really busy addressing these priorities. So I I think that is is the rationale for the movement we see. Yeah, that's a good point that, you know, when things move off the the list. That doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be sad for those issues. It might mean Hmm. that great progress was made. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a really good thing. Good point. So Eric, I want to ask you about something. As our program director of enterprise architecture and governance, I know you had to be a very proud papa to see EA on the list for the very first time, a long time coming. Uh, Certainly enterprise architecture is important enough that we have an expert staff member dedicated to it. Uh, why do you think it took so long for it to be on the list? What have you not been doing, sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, the way we define enterprise architecture, 
You know, it's the view of the entire enterprise. So it's like I sometimes describe it as the conscience and the memory of the enterprise or the MBA's view of the enterprise. So I've always seen enterprise architecture as, you know, like what's not in enterprise architecture. Everything mm-hmm. in the top 10 from the from way back. EA is life seven. is what some people say, Eric. Kind of like, yeah, I, Matt, you know, I like that. Uh, I really like the way you put that. So it's deliberately on the list, but it's always been sprinkled. You know, it's kind of similar to project management, enterprise portfolio management. It's assumed hmm. to be an integral part of every priority, you know, part of a normal operating discipline. So, you know, project portfolio management, for instance, was on the top 10 for 2012. First time it ever presented. And it never presented again. We may never see EA on here again. But this cohort of CIOs uh, considered it important enough to give it one of their one of their limited votes. You know, they're given five votes. You know, what are your top five? You know, and enough of them said, well, this is important to me. So possibly EA is seen as an emphasis as we move more and more into the new CIO as broker operating model. We're looking at what might be termed, I've been running this by our forum, next generation enterprise architecture. Mm-hmm. And is there such a thing? And you know what does that look like? So EA spans, enterprise architecture spans from state government into the realm of the service providers. And we're exploring that now. So service management, other disciplines, ITSM, BRM, Amy, the work you and I and Dennis did, enterprise portfolio management, they all have to ratchet up, you know, and the the overall umbrella I see as uh, enterprise architecture. That's maybe why. No, that's great, and I know you certainly had a uh, a twinkle in your eye when you when you probably saw that. Certainly, uh, yeah. Can, and yeah, congr- <laughs> congr- congratulations to you, by the way. Um, we talk a lot about the the policy and priority list, but we also have the technologies top ten list. You don't have to go through all of them, but was there anything on that technologies list this year that that caught your eye? I'm glad you asked about that, Matt. That is an important part of the top 10, the list of technologies, applications, and tools. So security enhancement tools from number two in 2019, number four in 2020, number five in 2021, now number six for 2022. And, you know, you lead the cybersecurity team. So that was a bit of a surprise for me to see it moving down this trend. Mm, Uh, I would have expected it to to sustain. Um, X as a service arrives for the first time at a rank of number four, a very high priority. And I think that really fits with CIO as broker. Doug and I are talking about identity as a service. More and more capabilities are being employed through the broker model as a service. Cloud services sustains at number one position since 2018. Thus, the motivation for you know our work with Accenture the NASIO Accenture work on cloud and the arrival of the cloud maturity assessment tool for state government. Mm -hmm. Data analytics still on the list every year since 2009. Insight enabling analytics, making the case for insight enabling analytics. We published that in September. Low code, no code coming in at number nine. Back to the 2021 annual state survey and emerging technologies, low code, no code, in that survey, ranked number one. And Amy, you wrote an excellent report on this, the need Thank for you. speed, why yes. state CIOs are turning to low-code, no-code software. Great title. Great title. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. 
So Eric, our final question before we run you through the gauntlet of the lightning round is something that is really hard to do, but I have faith in you. So let's prognosticate a little bit here. Can you predict what 2022 will look like from an IT and cybersecurity perspective? And I would love your thoughts on how this look, how this list may look different in 2023, if at all. Yeah, that's, that is, uh, difficult to predict but well you can be wrong it's like the weather you know <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be a weatherman okay i've got all i, I don't know all the things that are going to be arriving and uh, changing things but as we look at the top 10 and in conjunction with the 2021 annual state cio survey i think we can anticipate continued cybersecurity issues how is that going to go away you know possibly game-changing incidents uh, ramping up our capabilities to support CIO as broker, maturing that whole discipline, mm-hmm. uh, more support from the business, and emphasis on analytics across the board, from cybersecurity to resource management, predictive and prescriptive analytics, skill building across our state workforce, more strategic collaboration with corporate partners and other jurisdictions. Let's see how much joining up happens with this funding that you uh yeah. part of the one billion dollars in funding how many states point. decide let's do this together yeah really good point so eric you've had to go through this next line of questioning so many times already i always have to be sure to think of new questions but i think we've done it so are you ready for the lightning round I hope I am. (laughs) 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 All right. Question one. This is a tough one. Tell us your life story in exactly one sentence. It can be a run on sentence, but. Well, that is, that is a simple question, Amy, but you are so creative. Uh, I find that hard to answer. (laughs) And, uh, but I think your question is one we should all think about periodically. Like what's my life story? Maybe what, do I want it to be or what should it be? Uh, my story is a series of adventures, you know, working with others to make life better for everybody, to make a positive difference while seeking to do no harm. The most interesting thing about my life has been people and the amazing people I've met who are impressively creative and outstandingly wise a great diversity, people from all countries, backgrounds, you know, with the, on their own journeys, you know, and that's been probably the biggest part of my life is uh, all these great people like you two, Amy and Matt, mm-hmm. you know, and Doug and the whole team, mm-hmm. Meredith and, uh, you know, Lori and Glenn. I mean, all of these great people that really enrich our lives, you know, so I, it, what's going to happen in the next 10, 20 years, who am I going to meet? You know, I, I'd say there's my run on sentence. <laughs> okay. It was a good one. Very introspective. I appreciate that. Yes. Okay. Question two. We know that you have a lot of talents and skills, including music and auto mechanics. So what's a skill that you would still like to learn? There's a lot of stuff I'd like to learn. That's part of the problem. I want to learn everything. But um I would like to learn another language, maybe sign language, maybe Spanish. And then my daughter and I, we're exploring this, you know, we're thinking about this. Could we, would we, should we, could we learn how to fly an airplane? You know, could we do that together? And we might get our feet wet by taking ground school and saying, you know, do we really want to do this? (laughs) Yeah. Those are some of the things 
on my list. Uh, Fa- fun. Fascinating. Yeah. Fun to do those things together, too. My mm-hmm. daughter and I both just ice skated for the very first time. So Oh, that, that is sort so of fun. cool. Yeah, yeah, Linda and I used to ice skate all the time back in Michigan, and we weren't very good. She's a very good skater, but <laughs> man, I am I am terrible at it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> How did <laughs> you do? Practice. Did you do good? <laughs> I didn't fall down. So. <laughs> all right. They gave her a chair to hold on to. <laughs> <Okay>. No, no. <laughs> Okay, number three, though this episode is coming out in January, we are recording it in December, and uh, I understand that you maybe have a little holiday music prepared for us. Would you be willing to play for play that for us again, like you did last time? Like last time. I, I certainly would. Hey, hang on a second here. Let me uh, open up the case here Okay. and uh, get the guitar out. Let's see here. Now, I'm going to need your help on this a little bit because... I want to check to see if this is in tune. You tell me if this is <laughs> sounding in tune. Our discerning ears. <laughs> Does that sound in tune to you? Sounds in tune Sa- to me. Sounds pretty darn good. Okay, let's let's go with this. This is just a little tune for Christmas and New Year's uh, and, a, and a wish for your next uh, year, 2022, a safe, peaceful, and prosperous 2022 for everybody listening in too. Here goes. Oh my God, Eric! You just you just outdo yourself Beautiful. every every time. I, I I don't know how you do it. You are Such a treat, a genius. You are too kind. Thank you very much. I was happy to play for you. Well, thank, thank you. you. That was that Beautiful. was amazing, and uh, certainly something that all of our listeners appreciate. So yes. thanks for doing that. And, and Eric, thank you for always being so willing to come on the podcast and talk about the top ten in your publications and for always being our cheerleader with regard to the podcast or or radio show, as you love to call it. We really appreciate your support. And I appreciate your creativity. You've made this uh, podcast so, so much fun. Thank you for, thank you for having me back. Thanks, Eric. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks again for listening to NASIO Voices. NASIO Voices is a production of the National Association of State Chief Information Officers. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode, and I'm sure Matt will be listening in with the rest of you. Of course. 
Thanks again for listening and keep in touch.